It's the Yankees and Red Sox. It's like, okay, so yeah. the Yankees suck for a few years and now they're one of the four remaining teams in the playoffs. I'm going to root for them because they're this, like, they weren't expected to be here. Like, fuck you. It's the fucking Yankees. It's the fucking Habs. What are you fucking doing? Are you even from fucking Boston? All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 54 of Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and DraftKings, a drinkable podcast you can taste. I'm Chris. I'm here with I'm Drew. Drew. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm Drew. <laughs> Cam's not here. We've got our buddy Mikey Radigan. Uh, we thought it was a good idea. I don't know why, but he's here. How you why? doing, Mikey? Did something happen? <laughs> yeah, something happened. Something. How are how are we doing, fellas? Oh, not great. Uh, yeah, somebody thought I was in danger of harming myself and decided to flag my Twitter account, and no, so now I don't right. have access that's, to it. Did they, uh, once they saw you shave your mustache, or were they like, "Oh no, Chris is on the edge"? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that. Um, no, it might have been me. Uh, threatening to go play in traffic after <laughs> the Bruins gave up the three power play goals. I, um, I, I'm sure we've all have said the same after, uh, you know, it's all, it's all, uh, I, I don't, I, why would someone flag that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the thing is like, it was kind of like a harmless thing. Yeah. Uh, where they, they were just like, yeah, it's uh you're, you can get your account back in 12 hours if you like delete the tweet. Um, but the problem is uh, there's some kind of glitch with their uh, two-factor verification thing where like I can't verify that it's my account because every time I use one of their verification codes, it says the code is expired. Oh. So uh, I think that account might just be dead. No. <laughs> Which... no. Which would be really sad because it was like the day after Pete Blackburn finally followed me. <laughs> oh man, that's a, well. Maybe you can get. It's can his you fault. Can you I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I have I have another Twitter account that I can use if if I really want to. Um, that I could probably pretty easily direct people to, and it's a, it's a better username too. Um, What's the username for that? Uh, Top Gear. Okay. Um, and oh that is a better username <laughs> yeah i just yeah. i didn't know what to do for the other one um also the weird thing is i so <laughs> if i ever do get that account back it's it's not going to be like a yeah he's back kind of thing because i changed my at like the night before i got yeah i noticed that <laughs> so i was uh gear bnb for about i don't know three hours <laughs> and then, i like that uh yeah it was sad so i did tweet for game six uh from the bruise and bruins account but i have deleted twitter off of my phone now um that's probably that's yeah. just i think everyone should do that in general because it's like i don't know it's 
I never scroll Twitter and I'm like, hmm, this feels good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I, like, it's just like you scroll and you just get mad at uh, a random I, person you don't know. <laughs> and I, I had made up my mind like before the outcome of the game that I was going to do that. Um, Drew can attest. I, I kind of just said, hey, I think I'm going to take this as a sign that I need a break from Twitter. Yeah. Um, I think and that's the right thing to do. The the Bruins losing just kind of cemented that. Where it's just like, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. I don't I don't need the like 15 to 20 minutes of doom scrolling every morning and uh, being late to work. I'm not late to work. Uh, any employers yeah. listening, I'm not late to work. Uh, well, Chris, you uninstalled Twitter, but you should download DraftKings. <laughs> the second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. Up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's games. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which one will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Down the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up. Feel the sweat. Free shot at up to $10,000 in total sweat prizes every day of the basketball uh, feels hockey is canceled feel the sweat promo code thpm eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for full details uh yeah so i don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this the the whole like losing my twitter account the day of this happening kind of i like i was already in a bad mood and i had kind of resigned myself to like all the bad things are going to happen today so i I was like upset at the game, but I wasn't like 2019 game seven upset and maybe not even like bubble upset. Um, so I don't, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts that it was a, it was a bad game for the Bruins. Obviously a lot went wrong. The defense was bad. Tuga looked injured um, and not a whole lot of scoring on the Bruins part. So you can't really win with none of those three things working. Um, yeah, uh, let's start with Drew and then let Mikey rebut, uh, cause I know Drew had a lot of thoughts on this. Um, yeah. Where should I start though? Because I'm just going to rifle through the, everything that went wrong on my end. Um, I guess I'll start with the, uh, the injuries, um, very, I mean, in my article, I kind of said, you know, you lost we lost Curtis Lazar and we lost Kevin Miller, but I don't think those are tremendous blows. They're both, you know, bottom pair and fourth line players. Uh, they play with a lot of physicality. Those are the kind of guys you expect to take the most bumps and bruises as you go along. Um, not that their presence wasn't wanted, but I don't think it was game changing to have them not there. What was game changing was Rask not being a hundred percent and Carlo not being there. Now that doesn't guarantee they're going to win game six. That doesn't guarantee they're going to win the series, but their chance gets a hell of a lot better with that. Um, the defense looked like shit. 
especially when they had the puck. It was absolutely horrible from game one against the Capitals to game six against the Islanders. Uh, they were just hearing footsteps all postseason long. Uh, some really heavy um, forechecks from the Capitals started that in game one. And by the time they were facing the Islanders, the Islanders also have some big bodies and put up a great forecheck as well. Uh, probably having scouted some of that Washington series where the Bruins were just tossing the puck away because they felt like a hit was coming. I uh, created a lot of turnovers, no clean exits. Um, I think that was their greatest downfall. On top of that, depth scoring not there. As usual, the fourth line who looked so good at the end of the regular season after getting Lazar uh, just fell completely flat uh, for whatever fucking reason. And Charlie Coyle was really the only shining bright spot on that third line. DeBrusque pitched in here and there. Nick Ritchie looked looked like Nick Ritchie before he played alongside David Krejci. Um so, yeah, a lot, a lot of disappointment, but there's always next year. <laughs> I don't think that's an actual song, but someone can make it. Yeah. Mikey, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good. This is my second. Uh, by the way, I apologize if there's any uh, sizzling in the background. Kate is making dinner. Um, and I was like, oh, you can cook. It won't be loud, but so. Um, I apologize for any background noise. Um, you're, you're fine. No one's listening. No one wants to listen to a Bruins <laughs> yeah, podcast like, okay? after the Bruins have lost. She's like, is it okay if I cook? I'm like, yeah, I go cook. <laughs> like, let's just make yourself dinner. No, no worries. Um, no, yeah. I'm on the Bruins and Bruins podcast. I, I'm, the, I'm drinking a vodka cranberry, and I gotta tra- talk about why Duke Rask. They got the bees. Got to trade Duke Rask. Um, oh yeah, what are, what are we drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have done that. Oh, I'm drinking a vodka cranberry, so. <laughs> An omission. I've got a take on anything IPA from the hop concept. I I like what like, you guys like drink very like nice beers. And then I feel like I'm like the trash can monster being like, I'm drinking whiskey ginger. <laughs> <laughs> you know who actually always drinks whiskey on this podcast is Court Lalone. Oh, nice. I still haven't gotten to be on this podcast with him, and he's been there twice. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, this is my second Bruins podcast, by the way, uh, of the of the night. I was on with uh, Michael Hurley of oh. Boston. He's like, "Can you just come on and just talk?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's one of my like my very good friends. So um, we used to work together. So I, I went on a little bit with him, and he, I think. Besides you guys, obviously, he's always a very even keeled. Like he has very even keeled Bruins takes. Like I, I think he calls it like he sees it, and um, I think Drew really nailed it on the head. I think uh, Islanders have a heavy forecheck, and they just put it to use. And Tuka did look didn't look right. Um, I, I was surprised. It, it got kind of weird with Cassidy keep mentioning like Tuka's health a little bit. Like, was it after, I think after game three or game two, after the Zika's overtime goal, he mentioned how, uh, maybe it was, it was game two or three. And he just mentioned how Tuka's not right or not a hundred percent. And it, it just, I don't know. I, I it, it seems like it's like, all right, well maybe do you go to Swayman or I thought maybe after game five, you definitely go to Swayman, but the, I, I understand that's a lot to put on, basically a college kid almost, right? Like mm-hmm. just graduated. Yeah. He just graduated. Well, he played, last year. Uh, I mean, 
and I'm a huge hockey East guy too, but like, I don't know. That's, that's a big jump. Uh, and he, as good as he looked uh, in the regular season, that's a lot to put on a kid. And like, he came in at the end of game five and gave up that one goal. And they really didn't face, he faced a lot of chances after that, but uh, Tuka didn't look right. I, I think the Islanders, like, I think the way that it went is a little similar to the way that it went against Pittsburgh. They, you know, Bruins dominated game one and deserved to win. Islanders, I think, were the better team in game two and won that in overtime. I think game three was a coin toss, to be honest. And then Bruins won that on a, like, bad goal, but a nice shot. Yeah. Uh, overtime. It's like, I think I read somewhere the percentage of that going in is like, be- it's like below 1%. It was, like, it was, it was three in 1,000. Yeah. But it's like, Oh man, that was, that's kind of a really, it's like the best worst goal I've ever seen. So that was a coin flip and the Bruins won that. I think the Islanders were the better team in game four. I think game five Bruins were way better, but the Islanders, they bended, but didn't break and stole game five. And I thought game six the Islanders were better. So it's like, I think it was pretty even most of the way. And as I said to you guys earlier in the week, I said, this has a feeling of going a long way. Uh, and I think Tuka not being right. I think Brandon Carlo was a huge uh, loss in the series after, uh, was that game two he got hurt or game three? I, I think it was game three. three. Game three. And it's, you know, the Islanders did not have a good power play for most of the year. And then you can't let them go three for four or whatever. They are not a great special teams team on the power play. Uh, I mean, they're like, they're, they're so hit or miss. And I, I think they really missed him on the penalty, penalty kill of the Bruins. And uh, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of takes what the Bruins should do after this series. I think they should kind of run it back a little bit, but just add more depth on defense. I think you, they missed Chara and Tori Crew, to be honest. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get into that on, I think we'll record Monday. And yeah, kind of sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, no, you, you can give all your takes. We're, <laughs> we're a, an open forum right now. Um, uh, I think but, it was, I think it was a coin flip of a series. I didn't think, you know, I, I mentioned this, like, and I don't mean to rag on people that do the advanced analytics and make their models, but like, this wasn't going to be a, the Islanders have a 20% chance to win. That's absurd. I'm sorry. But look how this team is built. It's built for the playoffs. It's going to, they're going to put up a fight no matter who they're playing. And it's going to most likely be a, a long series. Now I may eat my words next round against, against Tampa Bay and the Islanders might bow out in five, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that'll be a long series too. I think they're a well-coached team, a physical team. That's, that's, and that's what you need to be in the playoffs. And, uh, I think the Bruins are, you know, equally physical, and I, they're a well-coached team as well. But it's just, you know, they weren't. Their defensive depth has been the issue all year, and it got it finally got exposed. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, and I mean, the defensive depth was kind of there in a sense, like in terms of if you lost your fifth or sixth guy they right, had, you'd be okay they had plenty of players who could step sure. in but it definitely wasn't there if if you lost your third and fifth guy like that was never gonna be okay yeah um and- yeah i mean I, th- I think brandon carlo's maybe a little overrated by bruins fans but no for sure for sure a comp i said by bruins fans drew uh he's he's a competent second line 
yeah defensive he's a, defenseman he's a fine um, number four that it's like all right you pair him with a puck moving guy but he's also gonna Nick Riley yeah you 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 put him on the PK and he's gonna be able to clear bodies in front basically which is what you need, you need to be able to ragdoll someone in front of the net during playoffs that's I mean that's what it comes down to um and if you like the first goal that was given up last night was it, it if they had a guy a big guy right there I mean you can just jackknife Zajac and he's not going to be able to get that second shot on net um, and I think that's where they miss Carlo to be honest yeah and also in the same game uh losing McAvoy for what, yeah and I, I know I know I mean that should have been a penalty and I'm shocked that Paul Murray didn't get fined um there's a lot of fines in the series there is uh, I, there's a lot of call on both. I know it's a hot topic. I know it, it's. I think it's been a hot topic throughout the NHL. Uh, I, I think uh, the officiating hasn't been good all around, and I, I understand why Bruins fans are missed. Uh, and but at the end of the day, you can't give up three out of four power play goals to the Islanders. This is not the ten. I, they, they're not, and I think the Islanders are a lot more skilled than they get credit for. But they're not rolling out. Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, Braden Point, you know, whatever that first, you know what I mean? Like, and they're not rolling out Brad Marchand. How uh, dare you leave out Andre Pallott? Andre Pallott, whatever with that. But, but they got the Islanders. They, I mean, they, uh, they took advantage of it. And I think, I think the first power play goal to Barzell in game five, I think if, two, like, I think it was a nice shot, but I think Tuka could have maybe got a better piece of it. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He was playing back in his crease, and I don't know if that was just because he didn't really have the confidence to move across the crease. Yeah. Because if Barzell didn't take that shot, I mentioned this on the on the last podcast. If he hadn't taken that shot, I believe, uh, uh, it wasn't Josh Bailey who was there. Um, doesn't was matter. There. Yeah, someone. someone someone was across the crease waiting for, for the Yeah, yeah. So like, if if Tuca had come out to challenge that it could have been there, yeah. there was a you know an alternative there right and it's um, Matt Barzell, ob- who obviously you're you're adding levels of uncertainty where yeah. like okay he still has to make a perfect pass over there but um yeah maybe if Tuca wasn't feeling totally confident getting across the crease I can understand maybe not going out and challenging that shot yeah I and I like losing McAvoy is rough I I think that that whole game six I think that just defense court, just like I, it. They had a rough game. Matt uh, Grizzlick, I don't know oh, what happened. Yeah, I really like, don't. For like ten minutes, Matt Grizzlick turned into like Brad Stewart, Andre Mazzaros, yeah. or something. It, it was. I mean, he had uh, those two goals where it's like he get he had two goals: the the Nelson goal that turned into a breakaway, and then the Palmieri goal, where it's just like what the fuck was that and, yeah he, so he, he got absolutely walked by uh brock nelson yeah um and then on the palmary goal i i give that like 50 50 to tuka and and grizzly where like tuka came out and made well, like a weird yeah but there's a play behind the net that was going on that was like a really weird like uh Zajac and McAvoy were like just like tied up with each other, like wrestling. And I remember I was just like I was focused on that, and then Paul Mary got the puck. And so like it, it was a number of things that could go wrong, went wrong. And then you had like 
as Tuca called it, the grenade uh, puck with uh, mm-hmm. was it Riley, where it's just like, yeah, that uh, yikes. That it's just everything that went wrong for that defensive core went wrong. Like mm-hmm. could go wrong, went wrong, and uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know. I, I I think maybe Cassidy regrets the New York Saints statement because I feel like that became the bunch of jerk statements for that. Uh, that's fine. Like Marshan scored on the power play. Like that's true. He did he right did after score. one of those. So yeah. like, I don't think that did had anything to do with anything. That's fair. That's fair. And and like I think. You got to do that if Barry Trotz yeah. is out here saying like Patrice Bergeron's cheating. And and like if you if if like game five happens and I mean, I try to watch games objectively and like most of the time I'm like, yeah, it's going to even out like the calls are shitty on both sides. That game was unbelievably bad uh, mm-hmm. in, in the direct. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. You can't give up three goals to that power play. But the at least I I don't know if you're going to call those penalties, you need to call some shit on the other side too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it just wasn't consistent. So I will say though, is if go ahead, sorry. Well, if if Barry, let me just finish the like the thought before I I lose it (laughs) because my brain's not working right now. But if Barry Trotz comes out and says what he said, and then you have a game like that. And then Bruce Cassidy doesn't say anything. And then the officiating stays that bad. Then people are like, why isn't Bruce Cassidy like lobbying for this shit too? Um, so Cause he, I mean, it happened before, like Craig Berube did it uh, in the Stanley cup final. So you think he would, he would have been damned if he did damned if he did it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's fair. I, so after game five, Baruby, uh, not Baruby, sorry. Uh, Cassidy went on to say that the refs disrespected Bergeron. They were disrespectful to Bergeron because they kicked him out of the faceoff. How and, disrespectful? What, how is that disrespectful? Like, so because Bergeron is a god amongst men. That's that like, is what it's like kicking, is. It's like kicking Peter's rock from underneath every church that's ever been built <laughs> upon this rock. This is, he, he's he also. Uh, Hurley pointed out the faceoff he got kicked out of. The Bruins scored a goal, <laughs> like they won the faceoff. And listen, I, I I have gripes about how faceoffs are taken in the NHL in general. Uh, I think they do. I, I hate how the refs do like this weird pump fake, and then they get kicked out. Drop the fucking puck. <laughs> drop the puck, and then they kick the guy. But every center gets kicked out of out of a faceoff. It's it's. NHL centers get kicked out every single draw. Like it's, and, not, it's not disrespectful. I was and like, at, and at every draw, they're all like, every single time, they're like, "What did I do?" Yeah, every guy's like, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding me?" Then you gotta have you gotta have like Matt Martin take a face off. Like <laughs> it, it happens to every single center on every single team, though. Well, and the and the funny thing is that they put in that rule uh, where if you are in your own zone. And you get thrown out of and you get thrown out of two face offs. It's a yeah. penalty. And so I don't think I've it. ever seen it called. And the I reason why it's never the, the reason why it's never called is because it's so they just don't throw the person out the second time. It's a yeah. stupid yeah. ass rule, and the refs know it. <laughs> I think I saw it once in a game in February in the regular season. Like you know what I mean? That's because the second guy like basically fell on the puck. <laughs> like. Uh, oh man, and and while we're talking about shitty penalties, uh, 
the delay a game needs to go. I would agree. Yeah. I, think every, I think everyone has painfully watched their team in overtime in the playoffs launch one into the stands and you're like, oh my God. And it's an automatic call. There's no wiggle room there. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's, it's a thing that 99% of the time, maybe even more, is unintentional. Yeah. And it's called as though it's intentional. I think 100% of the time, it's like a guy is – you never see a guy just turn around and he's like, I'm launching this bad boy into the <laughs> – well, well, the rule was put in place because players used to fucking do that. Yeah. And it's more I mean, of a penalty that's like – Well, now it's icing. Trying to dissuade that. Yeah, now it's icing. But yeah. It's like, I would – yeah. I'm – like you can't like, i would love it if they could be like oh but his intent wasn't to do that but in sports they don't really usually have rules that it's like you judge the intent of a person because yeah. that's really hard to like maybe you, you know, enforce team, you give a team like one pass like you get one and then i think on the second one it's like all right that's every, it like every two like every it resets second. after the penalty like every yeah. two it's a one minute penalty or so, like something like that, yeah. Um, it's however I, I, long you were stuck in your offense in your defensive <laughs> zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how many seconds. You know what blows yeah. my mind is uh, Cassidy getting fined twenty five hundred dollars, which is like a billion 25, times. Twenty five thousand. Sorry, twenty five thousand, which is a billion times more than the five thousand. That every player gets fined. It's like yeah, it's, you, you so uh, mind fucking blown. The, Power of unions, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. The Oh my god, the collective bargaining agreement in the NHL, if you decapitate somebody, yeah, you like find five thousand dollars. If you are mean to a referee at the end of the game, you get like twenty-five K. You look at I, I think like uh was it two or three Bruins players got fined five thousand dollars, like, okay, sure. And then it's like and I was surprised Paul Mary didn't get fined. I mean, he came up high with his shoulder. I, I thought that would have gotten a call or a fine. And then it's just like Bruce Cassidy, you said mean things about the refs. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's the that's the total like this is the league that you know they're yeah, they're not really caring about their players, but they're referees. They are a hundred percent the best. These are my. It's also on the players too. They they until one of them calls another out for giving them them brain damage, you're never gonna uh, like. You see, I, this is a whole problem of hockey in general, but like just like Tom Wilson, like until someone called on the Capitals is like he can't be doing that. You're always it's just that's the way it's going to be. It feels like. So one other thing I wanted to talk about, unless you got something real quick, Drew. Nope. No, if you want to do something before we cut to our n- new segment. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. I think one thing we can all agree on, uh, what the fuck is NBC Sports Network doing on their way out? It's like they they already, they got like senioritis and we're just like fucking mailing it in. Man, um, it's... it's broadcast like, is awful. I, awful. I, I saw Bruins fans like upset with the NBC uh, broadcast and then I didn't like it as an Islanders fan. I know on Twitter, Islanders fans didn't like the broadcast. And it was funny, my girlfriend asked me, she's like, who are these guys? You're like, they're not good. And I'm like, I'm like, no. And they're like, everyone hate everyone that roots for both teams, like really hates them. And it, it seems like, yeah, it seems like they just, it just rubs people such the wrong way. Also, so, to be, anytime you have Pierre Maguire, it's just like, Oh yeah. I, I think that's it. Pierre, 
like I like John Forslund usually. He's fine. He's fine. I, I know I'm like mixed on Joel Micheletti because like I think I have bias towards him because he was a Rangers guy for such a long time and I'm just like, oh this fucking guy. Like I don't want to see him anymore. Uh and then you have Pierre and it's just like I like Brendan Burke, but he's an Islanders guy. But like I think Brendan Burke's good. Like they're now like I don't know why AJ Malesko and like some other people get the B games and then we get Pierre Maguire free reign to be like, this is why it's so bad. Travis Zajac. <laughs> yeah. What a pickup by <laughs> fucking Pierre just randomly gets hard ons for like certain yeah, like, players. It, and like throughout the season consistently well, like, or just in one game and makes yeah, well, like, see- we, we saw the Adam Fox shit, but like the Travis Zajac stuff out of nowhere was so funny. Like, all right, well, where where were you praising Travis Zajac? Like, well, he was a guy that prior... he, he he like he didn't do much during for the Islanders, and then he got inserted this last series, and then he got put on the Pajman Pauly, and they they did pretty well five on five, but like before that, he wasn't good. Like he's like that's the savvy move, and it's like okay, he had a goal, which is good. Uh, I think Palmieri, if you talk about Kyle Palmieri, who has like eight goals now, that makes a little more sense. But yeah, also Pierre Maguire just wears penguins pajamas and underwear to bed. Like and- Pierre, Pierre looks one of the- like the penguin, the Batman villain. Yeah. So that makes yes. sense. He he freaking uh, he was like. Uh, one of his points was like Adam Pellick is a superstar in this league, and people better get used to it. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. It's like, uh, I mean, he he is a beast, Adam Pellick, but it's like, dude, people better get used. Who is resisting like yeah, the idea are. of Adam Pellick being There's a good a hockey of- player? Yeah, it's There's as if the media was like giving him shit. It's like Pierre, you are. Everyone's like- saying Adam Pellick sucks. <laughs> A lot of people are saying it. Who's your Adam Pellick? Low energy Adam Pellick. Yeah, he's like the better a superstar. Uh, I don't know. I think Connor McDavid is a superstar. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think Adam Pellick is a number one shutdown defenseman. I think a top pairing shutdown defenseman. Yeah, he's not going to be your like power play quarterback or anything. Yeah, but... I think he's very very good, and I think he's underrated. I don't know why. Pierre's like people get better. You better get used to it <laughs> because Pierre's just constantly trying to like, like predict the future. So he predicts everything. Like every player is going to be great, and then there's like two of them. Well, yeah. Any, like, anytime, really anytime good, Adam Pellick like, ah. does something good, he from now on he's going to yeah. take ownership of that. Like, right. you know, and I'll like as if he is the player. And I he definitely did that for like Chris Letang early on, oh, yeah. and then he started calling him Christopher Letang, like he was his dad or something. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, Christopher it, James Latay. Out of Oshawa, Canada. Played his, played his juniors in Bumblefuck, Canada. Uh, and he, and he uh, it's like, oh my God. But like, he's like, you better, you, yeah, better get used for else. And I understand, like, yeah, dude, like, he's been good for three years. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we know he's, he's a good player. Fucking get used to it. Yeah. It's Give it a bad. week, and the next week he'll be fucking over Victor Hedman or whoever. Like, I'm just really excited to never have to hear Pierre McGuire call a game. I really again. hope ESPN and Turner don't bring him on. I think they would be smart not to. Um, I mean, again, I, I when I was on with you guys last week, we all just get trolled by him so bad. Like, he does a really good job. We, he, he'll say something 
mean about analytics and we're all like this fucking guy so let's who cares let's just let's just ignore him like no more no guys it's over we don't have to like i wish also, hockey I, I, I don't know who he paid or like what favor he did or like what information he has on somebody in the league but somehow he gets brought up as like an option for GM for every opening. There's no way. Cause you, like, dude, because you, you like you GM to the whalers somehow. And uh, the, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but like the funniest thing I ever read was how when he was, he was an assistant coach for a team that played the penguins, Mario Lemieux penguins. And the team he co- was assistant coaching. He's like, yeah, we shut down Mario Lemieux. And it's like, dude, you guys lost in five games. And like Yarmir Yager had, 20 goals in the series like and he's like he was bragging how he shut down mario lemieux it's like you buffoon and then he became gm of the whalers and the whalers like never did anything with him but somehow he's parlayed that into a fucking broadcast it's like that's when you feel like it's like a really like a old boys club like hockey in the hockey media that's yeah absolutely. that's yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on that Pierre Maguire tangent. No, the, the, no this whole fine. podcast is a tangent. So, yeah, I, um, my my Pierre issues are long yeah. documented, and uh, I, I just I don't see the appeal of uh, like a casual fan tuning in and being like, oh, I like this guy looks great on the ice. I wonder where he went to middle school. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, from Minnesota, Enzo. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. His dad was a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he likes to flush it in the net when he gets close. Uh, like, like, All right. On that note, we are going to cut to a new segment. Hopefully not a lasting one, because hopefully our main man is here. Well, not our main man, our third most, yeah, probably like sixth most important person on this podcast at this point. Uh, Cam, well, I wanted to call it Cam's Corner, but he decided another name for it. I guess you'll hear that in a second. Uh, we'll do that, and then there's a couple listener questions on the other end. All right, thank you, fellas. Uh, welcome to the Cam Corner, I guess is what we're calling this. Uh, shouts to Drew for that one. Um, just want to jump in and give some thoughts quick, uh, since this was our first episode post-mortem. Um, I'll give kind of a full breakdown of the season, the series, and off-season stuff, I think, on Monday. or I, mean, I guess we record Monday, so Tuesday when it releases or whatever. Um, but I just wanted to jump in and, and give some initial thoughts about the series. Um, look, I mean, obviously, as Bruins fans, I think the first thing we're going to talk about is officiating. I get it. That was not That was not the best series for the Bruins as far as those things go. But um, ultimately what did the Bruins in is that they weren't good enough to, to get past those things. And we'll get to it. I mean, I, I get it. I get the frustration. It's hard to look at a game like game five where the Islanders go three for three to start on the power play on a couple of penalties that, you know, maybe by the rule book are penalties. I get it. You know, like cross-checking somebody in front of the net is technically a penalty. I get it. But that happens 20 to 25 times a game at least. Um, so you're looking for some kind of consistency there and a, a hard black and white, like here's what we're going to call and here's what we're not. But look, at the end of the day, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everybody who's watched it before knows that this kind of thing happens every year. You're not going to get consistent officiating from game to game. You're certainly not going to get it from series to series. You'll be lucky to get it if you get it from period to period. You probably won't. But look, 
at the end of the day, if you are going to compete for a Stanley Cup, you have to be so good that you can get fucked by those calls and have it not matter because you're good enough that you win anyway. And the Bruins were not that good. Did they get screwed over by the refs in some occasions? I do think so. I think it's hard to, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, Islanders and other NHL fans who are just like, oh, Bruins are whiners, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like, are there some people getting a little carried away? Sure, absolutely. That's always how it is. It happens in every fan base ever. It's not even worth discussing. But it is hard to watch, you know, Charlie McAvoy get an elbow thrown into his face after the whistle to the point that he's bleeding, not get a call, and then a kind of weak tripping call on Kuhlman afterward. But at the end of the day, what happens? It's a power play. It's not a goal. It's a power play. And the Bruins have an opportunity to kill those off. And look, I get it. When you get stacked and you feel like there's a lot of these calls, Game 5 felt like that, where a lot of the calls that really were kind of ticky-tacky could have gone either way, went against the Bruins. And you feel like you want to blame that. But look, at the end of the day, the Bruins couldn't kill a fucking penalty, especially in that second period where the Islanders were so good and so dominant, not only just against the Bruins this series, but really all season. Those are opportunities that the Islanders were able to take advantage of. And maybe they got a couple extra opportunities that the Bruins didn't get, but the Bruins didn't do shit with theirs really to begin with. And that's what did them in. So I get it. It can be very easy to look at the officiating and say, yeah, we got fucked on that one. But at the same time, that game, game five was a very close one. If the Bruins kill off one or two of those, even just one of those, it's a very different game. So yeah, don't take the penalties. You hope the calls go a different way. But at the end of the day, you have to execute. And the Bruins could not do that when it mattered. So then where does our breakdown go? What did the Bruins in? I think it's defense. I don't think it's hard to see that too much. I mean, you know, there was some scoring issues and, and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it was just the Bruins did not have it at the back. And that was something that we kind of saw coming at the beginning of the season. You know, we relying on young guys. That was the sort of thing that I had kind of warned about earlier in the season, not trying to, like, pump my own tires here. Um, but just there's a difference between trying out young guys and relying on them. And at the end of the day, the Bruins did have to rely on some young, inexperienced guys in that back line because of things like injuries, and that's going to hurt a team. You can never have too much defense going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Bruins did not have enough. That's just how it is, especially that right side was knocked down by the end, uh, especially when McAvoy went out for those couple minutes. Things got scary uh, in Game 6. But look, the turning point is, uh, I think it was Brandon Carlo going out. He pretty much had locked down Matt Barzell and company uh, earlier in the series. He goes out, and then the Bruins are just not the same. Um, that back line is really exposed. I mean, obviously you have somebody like Charlie McAvoy, who's an outstanding defender, but he can't do it all himself. And God, I mean, McAvoy's got such a great game, but even he doesn't necessarily give you exactly what Carlo does on that true stay-at-home role. Um, and the Bruins were lacking that, and you could tell. There was tons of issues clearing the front of the net. You know what I mean? That's a situation where, I mean, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I'm not a huge Kevin Miller guy, but that's a situation where Kevin Miller maybe helps you out. Granted, I don't know, maybe he gets called for extra penalties for roughing people too much in front of the net. I don't know. But uh, that was certainly an issue the Bruins had that led to a couple of those goals. It was turnovers. Turnovers were an issue. I mean, again, it was just that a lot of it on the backside. Guys like Grizzly, who are normally very reliable, uh, maybe just being stretched too thin or something, but... 
Um, even he started to bend and break, did not have a great uh, final game there. You know, I think it's particularly frustrating. Um, I think it's something that I, I believe Marshan had mentioned after uh, the game six uh, in his interview. I think it, it's frustrating because it feels like that was a, a, a series that the Bruins really controlled. We're the better team in a lot of situations. And, and I'll be the first to say it. I thought coming into this series, the Bruins were the team that was favored. You know, not to disrespect the Islanders, who gave the Bruins a, a good run for their money really all season. Um, this just felt like the Bruins were rolling and the Islanders just didn't have enough to make up. I mean, they had that such a unique defensive playing style and you just felt like they might not be able to spark enough offense to get by. But look, that kind of is how they play. That sort of really plays directly into their hand. They've got such a unique playing style that is sort of similar to like a Bruins 2011 Claude Julien system. Um, is kind of what Trotz runs. It's very tight defensively. It's a bend-don't-break system. And it feels like you're controlling play. I mean, there were so many stretches throughout the series where the Bruins were just kind of dominating possession, but the Islanders had the counterattack and were able to make it work in ways um, that very few teams can do. So credit to them for that, especially in the second period again. And that's that's where games are won oftentimes is that middle 20 stretch. But Look, at the end of the day, it's really frustrating because you, you do feel like you control a lot of the opportunities and stuff, and um, you just couldn't get the, the bounces or the calls and a combination of both where there was, there was some bad puck luck for the Bruins with um, so many shots, especially early in the, in the series, getting deflected for goals or um, rebounds coming out front and stuff like that. And you can say, oh, rest, blah, 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 rebound control, whatever. Look, it's hard to <laughs> hard to make rebound saves when you can't clear the front of the net and... Uh, that was, again, the gaping issue, I think, on, on the Bruins' side was not being able to prevent those second-chance opportunities uh, from a defensive standpoint. Um, Rath bears some responsibility for that, of course, but uh, it felt like the Bruins just weren't good enough to overcome those issues. Again, you get the bad calls, you get some bad bounces. If you're going to legitimately compete for a Stanley Cup, you have to be good enough that you can get by those. And the Bruins just weren't that good. It's that simple. So, I mean, you know, maybe the bright side is that with the way the defense was playing, I, I don't think uh, the Bruins would have gotten by Tampa Bay the way they're playing right now. Uh, they just disposed of a very good Carolina team. But, uh, look, the, the good news, I guess, is uh, with the season being delayed, we're ending pretty late for a second-round exit. And usually, if you're losing in June, it's a Stanley Cup loss, something like that. So, um Look, we got a short off season, just pretty much three months till we're back at it again. We have a busy off season, a lot of big questions. Um, what happens over the next couple weeks and months really is going to decide a lot about the future of not only this team for the coming years, but really just the, the franchise as a whole. A lot of big decisions to make. So um, we're going to be jam-packed with stuff. I hope you guys stick with us. Um, we really appreciate everybody who's listened this season. It's been such a ride um, and such a joy seeing fans back uh, in this in the arenas and stuff. More of you guys jumping on and interacting with us on Twitter and on here and all that uh, really makes it such a great time for us. That's why we do this. So appreciate everybody who's jumped on board. Um, Want to give a special shout out to everybody who's tossed us a sponsorship and stuff this season. Um, I want to thank the Hockey Podcast Network for taking us on. Bruins Diehards for always sticking with us. And uh, most of all, all of our guests who have come on and uh, given their time to join this ridiculous show. Um, we hope you keep, uh, keep us as part of your life in the next coming weeks. Uh, everybody who's listened to us from last season knows that this summer's content, we really can't predict. But I can promise you it's going to be entertaining uh, for whatever kind of bullshit ends up going on in our lives. We'll 
get it on here. And, uh, of course, we're always hockey and beer at the heart, so plenty of that to go around as well and plenty to discuss. So thanks to everybody who has tuned in. Just remember that Drew is in the back seat of your car waiting to scare you. So just be ready for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, I think both of the last two episodes, uh, you started as host and I kind of like took over somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started this one as host. You definitely took over in the middle somewhere. <laughs> um, so welcome to the second half. What are we doing here? I don't know. I'm wondering what Cam said and if he just repeated anything where he said or if he said it first so maybe we're repeating him, but the listeners think he said it second. We don't know. Yeah, let's just go into the listener questions. All right. Question number one, Nick Lanciani, good friend of the pod, great friend of the pod. We've met him in person. Uh, That's how good of a friend of the pod he is. Mikey, I don't know if we're not meeting you yet. You have to be on for 10 episodes before we can meet you in person. I want to come and hang out at Chili's with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, His question is why? Um, and then said, no, but actually, who would be Burns. a decent upgrade via uh, via trade or free agency on the defense other than Seth Jones? I think yeah. we're going to do like a full like offseason yeah. preview episode at some point. I, I um, think we'll we'll get into that. I don't I, I don't yeah. want to like just answer this without uh, like actually looking at who's available. Yeah, um, exactly. But without looking, my answer would be, uh, you know, I, I got to think that with all their cap issues, uh, the lightning are going to be looking to offload. So let's uh, take Victor Hedman for a cheap. There you go. Wait, I, I, was, I, I kept saying Dougie Hamilton, but his quote when he's like, yeah, we all have to team the billion dollars over, over, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, yeah. God. yeah, bring back Dougie. Uh, he's, hey, he's pretty good. Uh, Cass at Neb. 2922 says thoughts on a ref report card post game made public and with fines or suspensions to crews who continually score low grades yeah fines and suspensions are are a little extreme but the nba does that where they uh they kind of grade uh you know they, they don't do like a full report card or anything but they'll specific plays where the calls were wrong they'll go back and look at it and say hey this call was wrong um, the NHL is never going to do that because they're not transparent. They're all about protecting no, everything. The, the refs are superhuman. They're just the best in the it's, business. It's all about protect the house. Um, and I, I would like to see, um, even if the league doesn't do it, there is, I don't, I don't know what the exact Twitter account is, but there's a, there, it's for baseball where they like grade the umpires and like grade their, I mean, it's all mainly for strike zones, but like how good and bad their strike zone was. And I would like, I hope one day there's, even if it's not from the league, if someone decides to do that with a, with a Twitter account for hockey, just like grading their calls and what calls they missed, what calls they got right. I don't know how you'd grade that exactly. Like it's not as easy as grading balls and yeah, strike. A little more subjective. It's a little more subjective, um, but I would like to see something like that. I mean, I know here's your replay. Usually that Twitter account will show like some stuff, but and other people will get out. That's that guy. What was that? That's that guy. Very, very interesting dude. Uh, yeah, I, I always see stuff. I don't know who he is. I always see stuff floating around, but 
uh yeah he he has like four different accounts that he like goes back and forth between because like he gets taken down by oh for copyright stuff that's what chris has to do now is he has to make like i have a smurf account i got he has colin block from like all of his accounts and i don't know what colin ever i think he's he he definitely is like very sensitive with the block button um anytime anyone like disagrees with him because i remember i think he's a habs fan and i remember um yes i i think it was the trent frederick uh alex ovechkin thing where like trent frederick went over to alex ovechkin like tried to challenge him and then ovechkin didn't drop the gloves so frederick backed off yeah he he tweeted out the the video of that happening with like the caption like frederick goes to challenge ovi and then thinks better of it oh i remember that good things (laughs) good thing because he would have gotten like roasted or whatever and like bruins fans just absolutely lit him up in the comments like uh, trent frederick literally just fought with tom wilson like a couple weeks ago dude like do you know who you're talking about and uh i I think he just blocked everybody (laughs) well Um, anyway i would like to see something like that for refs in the nhl yeah, I, w- I would like to see something too, but I kind of agree with Chris. The league's never going to do something like that. So until then, you're just going to have coaches like Cassidy just calling call them out. And I think I think Saints, that was, baby. I didn't I didn't get to really like put my full thoughts on there, and I won't. But I would just say the translation to his message was he wants consistency, and I think a lot of people uh, just kind of saw it as he was trying to play like work the refs. And that was not his intention at all. <laughs> I think he was trying to work the refs too. I, think I don't think fun. he was. I don't think he was really trying to work the refs, but I think he was calling it out, and he said it in a way that I get it could be kind of calling out the refs, I guess. But but I think his main point was he wants consistency. We all want that because we love the sport of hockey. Okay, I don't think he uh, was specifically I, trying to work the refs. I think he was like respond or like. He was doing the meme of working the refs. Like, well, if everyone else is working the refs, let me work the refs, you know? Yeah, he was trying to do gamesmanship as uh, as Trotz was doing. Yeah. And then I think... He's uh, like, hey, check, check out me working the refs. How funny is this? Yeah, and then, like, when they asked Trotz about it, he looked like he was, like, reading a newspaper. He's like, ah, oh, I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, it, it just... It was, it was all gamesmanship, and I, I think it, a lot of it got overblown. Uh, probably at the end of the day, it's it's a little silly on all accounts, and uh, but I like Chris was mentioning it's like he would have gotten roasted if he didn't. So it's it, he was in a damned if you do, damned if you don't, and I don't know. I, it's it's whatever. But it, there needs to be more transparency with refereeing and explanations for calls. And uh, if a call is wrong, like I think it's owed to the fans and teams why the call was wrong. Like the NBA does. Like it seems like the NBA gets a lot of things right. And the NHL just doesn't. And that's like on so many different aspects. Yeah. Uh, but that's just my two cents. Uh, yeah. Next uh, question is from Tommy Orton or at the Tommy Orton. Uh, do you think the Bruins will offer Krejci a contract? And if so, what would it take to get him to stay? I think the, just I think yes, and to get him to stay, uh, sign Taylor Hall and give him a longer-term winger than he's had in years, uh, which is just signing them past the deadline, basically. <laughs> That's all you have to do. You need him there for more than half a season. 
Um, yeah, I, honestly, I think that's the biggest bait because if they can't fit Taylor Hall also under the cap, uh, I think Krejci is just better off going and winning somewhere else where they give him some talent to play alongside. Yeah, I mean, for me, I start the negotiations at like two years, five million, and I don't know if he would take that. Once you get past like the six and a half million per year kind of area, I think you let him walk. Um, unless for some reason like Rask doesn't come back and you have to figure something else out at goaltender and um, and that money is available. But yeah, we'll address that scenario soon. We will. I- uh, I think he's on him for less term and obviously shorter years. You do the same for Rask, and then you're, you know, you're kind of freeing up money. I, I don't, I don't think those guys you'd want to see wearing another jersey in their career. I think that mistake was already made with Chara, and I think Krejci is still a very productive player. I think Tuka is still a very good goalie, and I think you just run it back, maybe make some tweaks, make some depth moves, and uh, maybe try to run it back the next two years with a little more depth and yep. a good goaltending tandem of Tuca and hopefully Swayman. Um, Stevie eyes emoji. What's brewing? And then two syringes. I think that's in reference to the vaccine uh, or at Stevie underscore Nick's uh, as in the sport, like the sports <laughs> team, the Knicks. <laughs> that's such a good handle. <laughs> that's like, why i said nicks that way and then i was like oh nicks, wait like, people can't read what i'm saying <laughs> like the, my new york knickbockers yeah. yeah the knickbockers oh nicks um why would coach cassidy play an injured goalie with half his half his defense depleted i think the answer to that is your star goaltender one of the best goaltenders in the league said he's ready to play and you're not going to say no during a no elimination a game in the playoffs I don't think you're ready. Mm, no thanks. I think you're lying. Yeah. I think that's the reason. Honestly, I think that's actually the serious reason. Like, you're going to listen to what Tuka Rask says about his own health in the playoffs. I think Maybe he challenges it regular season, but. I think this is why it's. In, in, and this is what uh, Kat has preached on our podcast how important it is to have a 1A and 1B kind of type thing. I think. And if you look at the Islanders, they had uh, Sorokin win them round one. Now they have Barlamov win them round two. And it's like, I don't think you can. I'm sorry, you can't trust women in that situation. That's just too much to ask for. for a kid. And I think that's why it's important to have, like, two goalies always ready to go. Uh, maybe next year you're gonna, you'll have that with Tuca and Swayman. That's what Tuca was, right? Wasn't he a young goalie that was, like, backing up a veteran and then became the he guy? He was backing up Tim Thomas, well, then he and, took the starting role, then Tim Thomas stole it back. And in the words of Cat Silverman, the, the Bruins started the season with the best goaltending tandem in the league. Um, yeah. I mean, Halak... I ditched it for the playoffs. Halak had COVID and was out for a really long time. Yeah, then he and then just came off back the at the end of the season and just, like, wasn't really... Like, he tried to play that one game and just didn't work okay. and i feel like okay. you can't yeah you can't, you can't just like tag him in in the middle of the playoff he was always good at the end of the year they it kind of became known he was the third guy but i think if you had halak playing the way he did for most of his bruins career i don't know maybe i think it's a more legitimate legitimate question maybe halak deserves that game six start i think if our game four start or whatever when tuka didn't look right 
I think maybe you say, all right, maybe we go with Halak, who is a guy that has literally stolen series for playoff teams before. Yep. Uh Staying on the goaltending trend, Sean Curran at Sean Curran 81 says, why were the Bruins afraid to start the rookie Swayman? The team plays so different when he's in net. We'd probably be getting ready to watch game seven tomorrow night if they didn't start Puka. So here's the thing. Part of me is like I'm bored with the chaos. Like who knows? Like we'll never know. Maybe you tag him in when when Tuka's injured and he fucking takes the Bruins all the way and gives up like how like two a, goals in the next goal, 14 a goal games. Per game over the next whatever um and sure but also the way more likely scenario is kind of what had begun to happen is he gives up a lot of goals really early on and loses a lot of confidence and who knows where that leaves him at the beginning of next year. And I think that's kind of the fear is like, you're putting a dude like, remember what happened to Dan Vladar, like when they put him in against the lightning and he just looked awful and, and it wasn't his fault. It was just, he, he got put in a situation where, you know, he, he had a couple of breakaways and he just looked really bad on those breakaways. And uh, it left me thinking like, Oh, maybe this guy like isn't an NHL goaltender. And then he came back and played really well this past year. So, you know, it, those are the fears. I mean, I mean, at, at a certain point you don't have anything to lose. So yeah. I mean, if you put him in, in game six, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't have been mad about that. Just, I, yeah. I think maybe after it's three, one in game six, you kind of been like, all right, let's, I think after that third goal, you're like, maybe you, you send him out, but like we've been talking about it, it would have been, you just said that's it's a big uh, it's a big matzo ball for uh, uh how how old is he twenty two <laughs> like yeah to to face in a hostile environment like that yeah I think I'm not going to even address the second part of the thing the whole we'd probably be watching Game Seven right now um, but I to address the first part which is why were they scared to start Swayman that we've kind of said that he's young not super experienced played well regular season uh don't want to throw him i was even not really wanting i wasn't like hopeful or can't find uh optimistic when they threw him in the middle of game six i was like this that's not like yeah, they're gonna and, win this now and, and to then just to address the idea that the bruins played differently with him back there uh we can negate that pretty easily with immediately they put him in and he was uh given a breakaway with, he was tasked with three grade a plus opportunities against and gave up one of them so yeah i don't think the bruins play significantly differently with two different goalies in there i think and and his first playoff start should be a game one game two game three it shouldn't be a game six with your backup against the wall i think just putting that amount of pressure on him off the bat in his first playoff really experience no, not a great idea yeah i we can talk about this forever we, we cover this we're talking in circles but also go, go go back and listen to our last episode with cat because we did talk about this for a while and she had a lot of really good reasons why you don't lean on a young goaltender um and had some like very specific examples of jeremy Swan's yeah. game and what he needs to work on before he's ready um staying on the goaltender track once again Nick Floor at Nick Floor underscore 
says to Nick Floor. Uh, I believe he's like a Sharks podcast guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, and it is. Uh, yeah, the Stick Hungry Pod, Stick Hungry Podcast. Um, yeah, in the, the event, shark is eating a stick in the logo. Yes. Uh, in the event that Tuca signs with another team, are there any specific netminders you would like the Bruins to shoot their shot with? Uh, Sean Curran responded to this as well uh, <laughs> and said, I think maybe keep Halak to back up Swayman. Uh, I think I think such a sketchy. There, there's a chance I, that neither of them work out and that could go so bad. I feel oh, like, yeah. though, I will just say, I think if Tuka walks, they do sign Halak for insurance, though I don't know if Halak's going to go for that because now he's really got, like, his stock has risen anyway. I don't I think they'd sign Halak to make him no. like they're one or two. I don't think I, his stock has risen as much as you think it has, Drew. But I think it has to the point where he's like, I can be a starter on a team. True. We talked about this last last offseason. Like, yeah, his he played really well two years ago, and then he signed for less with the Bruins. Because um, you wanted a cup, and they haven't done that. that. He, so no, maybe no, he's no. like, I'm going to go start it, on the... Not that he couldn't have gotten more elsewhere, but Toronto also maybe he knows that he can't handle the workload of a 1A and also mm-hmm. is aging. What, he's like 36, 37 now? He's getting um, pretty old. And he's going to play till he's 50 and is coming off of a season in which he had COVID and didn't prove that he could still handle that role. So I don't think his stocks like improved over last year. Um, so, I mean, if you're talking about like worried whether the Bruins can sign him back, uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem or at least like more of a problem than it was last year. Yeah, definitely. But I still, I mean, I think they would re-sign him for insurance, but I don't think they're going to make him the one or the two. He'd be the third goaltender. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's available. That's kind of the issue with like yeah. these questions right now. Is like we Just we got to see fully. like we got to wait for the the expansion draft, see who's protected, see who's whatever. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Um, and and honestly, like off the top of my head, I don't know who the free agents are either. So I think isn't Kadobin a free agent? Yeah, I, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if I would want to run it back with, like, Hudobin. Like, I think he's also, like... He's kind of hurt. He's been hurt. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys where it's, like, I think as he gets older, he's going to fall off pretty quickly just because he is a smaller guy. And that's, like, kind of an athleticism issue where, like, yeah. he's, he's gotten by on athleticism. And I think... I The kid uh, from Florida, though, is, like, playing... Trigger. Yeah, he could be decent. I think he could maybe be a one B guy somewhere, but yeah, uh, I don't know who else is really a. You know, they could always go after Tristan uh, Jari. He looked really good in the playoffs. Well, you know what we'll do is we're gonna have Cat Silverman on, and she's gonna tell us the answer, and we're gonna say okay, and then preach that for all off season. (laughs) I don't. I don't even know if Mikey. I don't even know if Mikey's been like involved in these conversations at all, but like we're we're doing a crossover episode like soon. Yes, really quick. I, we haven't. Uh, we like both of us had just like life things happen. Like I got a, I moved. I got a new job. Uh, I know she went to go for the family in Texas, so we're both like. But yes, I. I know a crossover episode is definitely in the works. She sent um, me like dates of like when. Oh, I didn't get those yet. <laughs> when that could happen, so um, yeah, well, we will. It'll she's make quote, 
She's quote childless until July fifth, starting on a certain date. So, uh, oh, okay, there you go. We're so, gonna, yeah, we're gonna yeah. call the episode. I really like that way of phrasing it, though. I am childless for yeah. the next few weeks. It's like I don't know why. Um, we got one last question before we wrap it up, and it's from our good friend Isha at the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, he'd like me to probably shout out at Hockey Podnet. Uh, but also at VI Sports Talk. Uh, what are your unfiltered thoughts on Aaron Rome? Yeah, He's a Vancouver guy. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rome. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's like, not going to get me suspended on Twitter. Unabashedly um, just fuck anybody who has de- like attempted to or delivered a hit that uh, could have ended a career. Yeah, it was uh, intentional. Who's Aaron? Oh, is that the um Nathan, Nathan Horton? Oh, okay. Yes. And the Stanley Cup. Yeah. A couple yep. years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah, couple couple ten years ago. Couple ten years ago. Yeah, uh, you know, he's a piece yeah. of shit for intentionally doing that. Clear intention in doing that. Probably yeah, told that, by someone to do that. That is one of the scariest uh injuries I've seen live, like when mm-hmm. I, when I was watching. You know where the the that was really bad. I remember, hockey, like hockey was such a even ten years ago it was such a different sport, right? Like, luckily we don't see that too much anymore, um, or we'd like to think. Well, I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah. I'm Mike Sh- I'm Mark Shifley, that. Yeah. Oh, that. Okay. So those were the two things. Uh, the John Tavares hit, which was a freak accident, but I was watching mm-hmm. that live because it was like the intermission of the Islanders Penguins game. But I was watching that live, and I got like really upset because he tried to get up. And it's just that like, was the scariest part. Yeah, I thought he's like his. He was paralyzed. I really thought he was paralyzed watching him get up. I was like, oh my god, that is that is bad. He he is dead. And luckily he was okay. He ended up like skating a couple of days after or whatever. So I'm like, I know I rag on the Leafs and Tavares, but I was really happy he was okay. And then that Shifley hit was just like one of the worst things I've ever seen. Really, like just a, a chicken shit play, like all around, right? Like. Yeah, my, mm-hmm. my God, that was like yeah, just a loser play, a loser play. Like, uh, I'm he should have been suspended longer. I'm glad the Jets ate it and lost in four games. But, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they did it. Yeah, they, I like. I think after in after solidarity, that, they decided. Yeah. yeah, Mark Shifley's out for the rest of the series. Once that happened, I was like, like Montreal. I, kudos to Montreal for keeping their shit and just like stop, like just degrading them. Good for them. Yeah, uh, and, and there wasn't like a, a retaliatory. Response. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. I know a lot of people got upset with what's his face for. Uh, was it Gustafson? Is that his, who was like, or one of their defensemen was like said in a press conference, he's like, "We're gonna make his life a living hell when he comes back." And I know a lot of people got upset with that for saying that, but it's like, come on, you just like he watch, just watched his teammate get ragdolled. Like, yeah. Uh, so the, the, the other funny thing was the the tweet he had. I think yesterday where he was like, I was expecting Philip Deneau to take me out of the, the game, not the department of player safety. And just like openly admitting that he thought like Philip Deneau was going to shut him the fuck down. <laughs> like, okay, dude, you're going to get stunned by like, no respect to Philip Deneau. But like, <laughs> uh, and it's like, dude, you should have been suspended like way longer. You kind of got all easy, but your team just stunk. And couldn't force game five or six. You didn't even get to come back. Loser, loser stuff. Loser, big time loser stuff. 
So who who we uh, who we rooting for the rest of the way, Mikey? I know like it's up in the air for you trying to figure uh, out like, what like team a, you're, you're going for, a, but a night sky. I think they're tied right now, two uh, two actually. Yeah, I kind of want to go watch the rest of that game after we get off here. Yeah, uh, um, go ahead, Drew. No, who are you rooting for? Uh, I kind of like the New York team. I think I'm going to Game Six actually. My brother, uh, like a maniac, bought tickets. Uh, and is flying up from Texas, so we're going to Game Six. So that will be fun. Yeah, what are, you know, the inevitable Game Six. The inevitable Game Six. My only just clinch again. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a bold move to fly out for a game that's not guaranteed. Well, he gets his money back. Like he'll he'll probably come up the day before. He'll does, he, know. does he get like plane ticket money back? Yes, no, he just, he, he's a big traveler. So he has a lot of points. So like, okay. he, yeah, he's uh, well. My my dad was like. My dad was talking about going, and then once the Papa Bear is like, I want to go, my brother's like, we're going. And so he's flying up. So that'll be fun. Um, I, yeah, obviously the Islanders, I think, again, I think people are going to be like lightning in three, but I think it'll be, <laughs> I think Islanders like the, like just pissing everyone's cereal. And uh, I think that'll be a very close series. My head says lightning but in six or seven, but my, Hart is going Islanders in seven, so I I'm going Islanders. Are gonna this is the year they go to the cup. You heard it here for you heard it from honestly. The they go I, to it or honestly, my team is going to be Abs Vegas. Whoever wins that series, because okay. uh, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not rooting for the Habs, no matter what. I'm not rooting for the Habs. And I don't understand Bruins fans who do want to root for the Sorry, Habs. Kaylee. Yeah, like, I don't understand. Like, are you that, fucking kidding me? Like, that's I, like the- I, that's like the worst case scenario for Bruins fans too, because if the if the Habs win, Carey Price has carried their team to a to a cup. And but are they like, more likable than other Habs teams in the past? Yes, but yes. it doesn't fucking matter. Especially, I mean, okay. that's especially so because during at least my generation, the rivalry hasn't been that heated. It's more of a historic thing. But right. there were some good, like 2011, they faced each other, and the years prior to that, there was some I, I good think, overlay I think for the my two age. Rest, Carey Price and, thing is still like, if Carey Price had been good for like the past five years, I think that would have stayed a thing. Guy came out And now that he's but, like been good in the playoffs, I don't. Like, if he I don't gets know that over you, Grask, like, I, dude, it's the same ammo forever. It's the Yankees and Red Sox. It's like, okay, so yeah. the Yankees suck for a few years and now they're one of the four remaining teams in the playoffs. I'm going to root for them because they're this, like, they weren't expected to be here. Like, fuck you. It's the fucking Yankees. It's the fucking Habs. What are you fucking doing? Are you even from fucking Boston? Fuck. Sorry. Well, no, Kaylee's not from Boston. So, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's from Connecticut and she's a Yankees fan. So, Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I wasn't speaking just on Kaylee's. Back. The the only thing I saw was Kaylee. Like, uh, I before I deleted Twitter, like I got a hundred notifications because Kaylee like tweeted out a Habs gif, and like a hundred Bruins fans were like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. It's it's whoever comes out of this this Abs Knights series. I want that to one. I want it to go seven, and I want it to be an absolute bloodbath in the seventh game, and just whoever is whoever scored and, eight goals first like wins yeah. the series Play, oh it's I, three two now i have sorry i don't know if anyone's taping it or anything but um man <laughs> i don't think anyone tapes games anymore yeah. they just stream it at work oh no it's three three i'm sorry forgive me um Ooh. 
Man, playoff hockey, like, there's nothing better than watching a game seven when it, your team is not in it. And you're like, oh, I can just relax and watch these two teams beat the crap out of each other. And, Drew, I understand what you're saying with the Habs. Like, that reminds me of 2013 when the Red Sox were, like, such an unexpected team. They're like, oh, this team is so special. I'm like, this fucking special. Like, fuck them. I don't care. I don't like shit. I don't exactly. care. These guys are assholes. They have the corpse of Shane Victorino and Mike Napoli. Like, get them out of my face. It's so funny that you said those two names because those are the two guys I thought of first when you said 2013 yeah, like, Red Sox. They were like, 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 the world's like the most bum-ass players that were over the hill and they won this World Series. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I, I get it. It's it's definitely if where you're from, and uh, yeah, for sure. It, but then if the Habs somehow beat uh, Vegas or the Avalanche, uh, I'd obviously root for whoever else wins. But honestly, Islanders are my second favorite team. Habs, of the, uh, Habs, Light, Habs Lightning would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I'm, I'm also like it, whoever whoever comes out of the Habs. A Knights series. Um, that's that's my team. But yeah, I mean, I, if the Islanders beat the Lightning, and you guys don't like you, you guys hate the Lightning that much. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's crazy that people are. It's such recency bias. Like, oh, Drew's gone. Oh, oh no. Uh, um, <laughs> it's it's a lot of recency bias just to say like, oh, uh, the team that just beat us, we hate that team so much that. Hi, welcome back, Drew. Thank um, you. you know, we we hate that team so much because we just played them. I, I don't know. I understand that it over the fucking lightning, like a team yeah. that the Bruins have had over the past five years have had. I think three series with. Um, also, and they just like I don't know. It's just the salary cap thing just bothers me so much. <laughs> like, oh, it's fine. I've we we talked about it. I, if you can do it. Yeah, I get it. it. I, I get it. But it's just like, ah, and you get to get Kucherov back. It's like you. It's not even like they're getting some like third pair defenseman or third liner. It's like you get the fucking MVP back. God damn it! Like, and he's still good. Yeah, but uh, honestly, that I don't condone ever. Like, he's a guy that deserves a hit, a nice hip check, Kucherov. I'm sorry, he's he's such a dirty player. He's, he's an asshole. Yeah, and it, for whatever reason, like. Listen, cross-checking is a problem or whatever, but, like, I feel like his cross-checks are just, like, extra dirty than everyone else's. I feel like his cross He gets you, like, right under the pads, like, yeah, above the hips. It's, it's just, like, I'm just, like, when, I'm, like, dude, when you do it, there's something about it that's, like, you're you're hitting where you shouldn't be, and it just, it and you're sticking your fucking leg out where it shouldn't be, like, I, and then he'll go up and put three goals on you, and you're, like, it's just, like, he's the most frustrating player to play against, I think. So he's dirty, and he's really, really good. But I do want to say that I would root for the Islanders just because I really do like that team. I mean, you guys, you got guys like Palmieri and Zajac who came from basically playing their whole careers on a New Jersey team that has really done nice much in the past. Travis Zajac. Uh, I just want to. Oh, real good. Double check in. Real <laughs> savvy move by Lou Lamorello there. He, 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 been... he definitely did that as like a move, a savvy move, not because it's just like two players he's totally familiar with. Yeah, I, I think 
I he might not even draw into the next round if Wallstrom's healthy. So we'll see. <laughs> but I just I really like I really like the players on that team and think I mean not just the way they've played, but I think they're players who do deserve a cup at some point. And I think this team is built to kind of do that. Maybe they don't have the super like superstar power of some other teams, but they're a great mm-hmm. group and they all you pull deserve their it. Yeah, I think they all pull their weight. Um, I think. Not getting going into this whole thing. I think the misconception. Here's is- episode fifty-three or fifty-five of Brews and Bruins. It's actually the Islanders in Long Islands. <laughs> Long Island ice tea and Long Island ice skaters. Everyone thinks they're like it's like they got just four lines of grinders. It's like no, like Matt Barzell, you could argue is an elite talent. Jordan Everly is not a grinder. Brock Nelson is not a grinder. Josh Bailey is not a grinder. JG Pajo is a is a point per game right now in the playoffs. Like Kyle Palmieri is a really good player. Like their grinders are their fourth line. And their fourth line, like analytically and statistically sorry, it's, it's the identity line. The identity line. And I know people roll their their eyes, but they're a really good four checking line and analytically they're pretty pretty solid. I think I, I don't quote me on that well, uh, dude if pierre says it that's the pierre is the only advanced analytics i look at honestly yeah yeah no uh they I, are the identity of the islanders you got the identity versus the perfection and we got to see what happens here you know you know fun. obviously the islanders have their identity it was the pajot line that went against uh the first line and that line looked really good like they they held i think they did yeah, decent. i i fucking hate jg pageau oh sorry uh, that, that guy he's just uh, like he's, he helped me win a fantasy hockey uh, championship one year and i loved him when he was on the senators and then he's a gamer ooh. like he's a guy that elevates his game in the playoffs he did it with ottawa and he's been doing it with the islanders so i think that would make him like so endearing to fans and plus he's a little shit and i think anytime like you guys can attest that with marcia and you're like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you love him if he's on your team. You hate him if he's on any. Yeah, he does. Thirty he does or like... thirty-one soon to be. Yeah, which we'll do an episode on the Kraken at some point. Maybe the Kraken Brews podcast. Kraken Brews. All right, yeah, we got to end this episode because yeah. we said we we're gonna do like half an hour, and it's an hour and ten minutes. Well, now. What do you Plus, expect when we have Mikey? Yeah, on? We have Mikey on. It's, <laughs> it doesn't. It never feels like we're talking for a. We long didn't time even get to right. Shrek. I know. I before you guys go, I do want to say like what a privilege it has been to meet you guys this year. Thank you. I really mean that for having me on, and I am always really just like becoming friends with you guys has been super cool and special. And I'm really excited for you to have you guys on our podcast eventually when we do it again. But like, and just interacting with you guys and talking to you guys all the time, like it's uh, I feel very it's very nice to have become friends with you guys. Truly. Oh, thank you. Fuck you. We hate you. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> No, you too, Mikey. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Get out me swamp. All right. Well, that was episode fifty-four, I guess. Well, I think we're I think we're six episodes away from our uh hundredth episode. So yeah, so it's the ninety-fourth episode. Yeah. Um cool. Thanks for coming on, Mikey. Uh yeah. you you said a lot of nice words and I know you're just trying to out out nice guy us. That's that's it. You know, you never get anything nice from me. You get one, and then that's it. All right. Well, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in this season. Keep keep listening to us. We're still going to be twice a week. Um, We're probably going to do more like recording ahead of time stuff, some interviews, some you know content, just just stuff to keep you all interested. 
and then you know when when big stuff breaks we'll uh we'll toss that in as well and we'll do some live reacts but yeah i I think on monday we'll probably do like a what happens now plus like uh you know well i I think we'll we'll all be watching the the playoffs and kind of reacting to what's happening so yeah keep tuning in it's been y'all have been really nice to us in terms of listening to our podcast or at least downloading it to make it look nice um Mm -hmm. yeah this is this has been like shockingly successful no, this has been something that's like just carried me through the pandemic. To be honest, it's been yeah. like on it, like for a while. You know, I was just doing online school. I was like, oh, this is like the thing I'm kind of passionate about doing, but it's also productive. And I also just drink beer and talk on a podcast. But you know, all the behind the scenes stuff is actually really productive, whether it's promoting or looking at our analytics or whatever, uh, coming up ideas with you guys <laughs> was, and stuff. So I was actually talking to Cat yesterday, and I was like, you'd be shocked to know this. Um, I forget what she said. She said something about Drew. Like I, I unclear whether he his eyes were open la- during the last episode I was on. And I was like, I think you'd be shocked to know that Drew is like the one who generally steers the ship here. Uh, Cam and I are like fucking baby deer if we have to <laughs> if we have to do a podcast on our own. Uh, yeah, I miss Cam. Tell Cam I miss him. Cam, I miss no, you. No, 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 Cam. Well, I'm bleeping that out. Cam's fire. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed Cam's corner. Or the Cam yeah. corner. As he said. Hey, Cam, you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I told you when he was recording that you could call him and he just put the phone up to the mic. Oh, oh that's so good. good. Do you think the all right, all right. Change the name. That's it. Cut it. <laughs> <laughs>